really appreciate everybody for tuning in. My name is Law Nation, L-A-W Nation. Don't forget to hit that like button, share this content, let a friend, neighbor, foe know where to go when they want to tune in to Cowboy Sports Talk and Beyond. In this particular episode, we're going to talk about Michael Gallup. Now, the comparisons are already out there. A lot of people saying that this could be his breakout year, kind of like Chris Goodwin, uh, a Godwin, I believe. That's how you say his name down there in Tampa Bay. But my thing is with Michael Gallup, I think that he already came out last year. I think that if it had not been for that injury, we would have saw more of Gallup. We would have seen a better Gallup stat-wise or what have you. Now, he did get 1,000 uh, yards or what have you in reception, six touchdowns. You can't sneeze at those numbers, especially in a run-first offense. Although Dak Prescott put up a lot of yards, I know a lot of people going to qualify their yards to be garbage time, but that's the story of a different day. That myth already been uh, pretty much uh, unproven that Dak Prescott put up majority of those yards in the second and third quarter, but that's the story of a different day. Subject at hand is Michael Gallup. My expectations for him for this year, if there is a season, would be to actually solidify himself as a primary receiver on the opposite side. I know, I know a lot of people are gonna look at it like, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't they already got a primary receiver in Amari Cooper? What I'm saying is that this year, Michael Gallup can be a primary receiver, primary as it relates to number two. I think that you can have two of those guys on one team because the focus and the attention will be in into the inside, believe it or not. This young kid, number 88, Sedarian C.D. Lamb, I think that he brings a lot to the table and is going to require somebody to, to, to take notice of that because you really don't want what? The slot corner to be on him all day because he may have other responsibility because they do like to slide Amari Cooper back inside. And at that dominant position, the X position is what Michael Gallup plays. I think that he's going to garner a lot of attention. Now, I do know that they will roll coverage according to all of this, the tapes that's out there on teams on how they play Amari Cooper. Of course, they're going to roll coverage his way. They'll be foolish and unwise not to, right? So when we look at those type of things, when we think about it, Cowboy Nation, can this team have two primary receivers? Yes. Or two number ones? Yes. Now, just to preface my statement, because I do know a lot of people will say, no, nah, Law, he's not a primary receiver. He's not a dominant receiver. Well, for this team, not for any other team, because I think that if he was on another team, they will make him a number one receiver. They will literally make him a number one receiver, just like Juju over there in Steelers. And I, trust me, he's not having the best of the best stats when A.B. was going. But you guys get what I'm saying, right? Just like uh, with any other receiver that's putting up good numbers that's garnering a lot of attention he can't help who gonna guard him right <laughs> he can only play and line up within the confines of the system and especially looking at what we did last year i'm talking about we as the dallas cowboys it still was a run first team it's just that now efficient levels should improve quarterback play will improve on top of that the experience factor for Kelly Moore. It's better now. 
look, regardless of how you guys look at it, regardless of how you guys feel, that is better now. And when you think about it, Cowboy Nation, think about this. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in this system, although it still may be a, a, a Kelly Moore system, but the philosophy is still going to be intact with Mike McCarthy. I think that you do not go out there and hire a coach and say, well, we just want you to sit on the sidelines. No, we want to bring you in for your experience. We want to bring you in for your knowledge. We want to bring you in for coaching to elevate certain players. And we want your insights. And on top of that, from the outside looking in, you can actually tell us what went wrong last year. Why we didn't score in the red zone. Why we didn't score in the money zone, gold zone, green zone, however zone you want to call it. So what I'm trying to say is, Cowboy Nation, that this team will be better. It's just that we got to have a season. We do. They opt out for the uh, for the year or what have you. They push that back. So hopefully we can go over everything. Those that want to play, they can figure it out and play. And I know the best, the best, the best way to look at it is like the baseball or what they're doing. People are catching the virus left and right there. And it's less of a contact sport. So we will find out, hopefully, and I mean just that, the NFL can figure out a way. Now, I'm with the belief that they should have created multi-mini bubbles, if that make any sense. Whereas they could have split this thing in half, just like the NBA, they got one bubble because you don't have that many people on the team. But that, but that situation is working for them, right? I, I have yet to see anybody or hear any news of anybody catching the, the virus. I think the NFL should have looked at that model and said, you know what, we will split it into two bubbles and we'll play, we'll rearrange the schedules and play only within the conference, what have you. No, no outside of conference games. And they could have did it that way, if that make any sense. They could have, you know, could have had two bubbles, AFC bubble and the NFC bubble. Could have worked, or you could have broke that down into four bubbles, basically. <laughs> we talking about bubbles, baby. They could have broke it down into four bubbles, basically. Two bubbles in on the NFC East, well, NFC uh, side, and two bubbles on the AFC side. And then when those two bubbles burst, what have you, they play each other. And then when those two bubbles burst, they play each other in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, whatever it may be. Let's bubble this thing out, baby. <laughs> but um, I, I want to talk about... Uh, this right here as well. The uh, I've seen a lot of people. I posted a, a, a pretty much a caption of Trayvon Diggs and as well as Reggie Robinson. And believe it or not, I, I seen some kickback from some of the fans. You know, and I got to talk to you guys. I know that a lot of people will miss Byron Get Down Jones. And trust me, I know a lot of people saying that they have their reservations on the defensive backside of the ball. And I was listening to 105.3, the fan, and the guy in the morning time was like, hey, there's no way possible that this particular defensive back would be better than what they were last year. And all I can say is, is that cornerback play is always about this right here. If your front four can play well, that your cornerback can play well. And on top of that, if you can add in the confidence level, if Diggs come out with high, extreme confidence, and he can translate what he did out there in college land over to the pros, 
then there shouldn't be nothing to worry about. Yes, Byron Jones is a is a is a, is a great cornerback, shut down at best. A lot of teams didn't approach him, didn't attack him in certain situations, but we can say his flaws. He's not the best tackler in the world. And on top of that, out in space, when it's not physical up close on the line, he don't have the best angles, you know. And, and trust me, I love Byron Jones. But some of the bigger plays, if you go back and watch in the playoff or NBR, some of the bigger plays happen on Byron Jones' watch. Think about this last year, and I'm not cherry picking. I don't I don't want people to think that, man, you don't want to talk bad on him because he's gone. No. <laughs> uh, if you look back at the, the New England Patriots game, how he became so lax. He became so lax, and he played off his man. And I think it was the rookie, Nikhil, Harry. I mean, he used and abused the brother, you know. And, and if you go all the way back to the 2016, it was his responsibility to cover Cooks on that on that play that Aaron Rodgers threw the ball to. Gave him a free release. I mean, it was him. And on the game that although we won against the Seattle Sea Chickens, oh, I'm sorry, Seahawks, right? <laughs> Even in that game, Go back and watch the last two to three minutes of that game. It was him that gave up those multiple big plays that allowed good old Russell Wilson to march down there to score the touchdown. So it's not like it's a situation whereas Byron Jones is just shut down, locked down corner like a Deion Sanders, you know. It's not like he's one of those guys. And it's not like a lot of teams approach his side of the field. But I can say in pivotal moments, in key situations, he disappeared. It, 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 that's just reality of it. I like him. I like his skill set. But let's not lie to kick it, Cowboy Nation. <laughs> We've seen better corners. Now, with these new cornerbacks, you might see a situation at hand where we're going to give up more yards. That's just the reality of it. Experience counts a lot or is a lot in this particular game. Experience is. But if they can get their player legs up under them, maybe week four, week five, and beyond, those plays inch by inch will become better. And if this front four can play a whole lot better, and if the safety, if the, the look, the safety, last line of defense, I'm gonna say this before I roll, the safety, last line of defense, if Ha Ha Clinton Dix play his role right, and if these corners, if they, depending on the scheme, if they play aggressive, and if they miss out on their jams, they miss out on their mark. And if, if the quarterback is hurrying up, going through his progressions and throwing his ball a little bit quicker, the safety can make a jump on the ball. And the safety play can help ease a lot of this stuff as it relates to the defensive back. And you still got Cheeto Wouzier, believe it or not. It's just that you can name, you can pretty much count on your hand how many times Cheeto been burnt. I'm talking about literally burnt you can count on your hands right it's not a lot of plays he's almost pretty much always there but in the same voice or the same breath as i'm talking about this the safety need to be on that side of the field rolling and jumping out on those balls as well case in point that jets game the plot the time that when cheeto woozie got aggressive and the, uh, the Anderson, I think his name is Roby Anderson, lit him up like a Roman candle. Just, just, just burnt right by him. 
But if the safety took a better angle, that's pick six or that's pick the other way. The ball was in the air for a long time. The safety just couldn't make it, couldn't flip his hips to get there fast enough. And that just goes hand in hand. Better safety play, less likely your cornerback look like he's trash out there. So those are two situations. Better front four, better safety play. You get a better production from your defensive backs. That's just how it goes, baby. Thank you.